For our scripture this morning, we'll, our text, we'll look in chapter 19 of Revelation. Revelation 19. We'll begin with the fifth verse. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Blessed are they that are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're looking at us today. We're the church. We are part of the Lord's church. And we are in the scriptures right here. This great multitude that was there. That's that's the church. That's the church starting with the firstborn. Those that were there when Jesus was here, who, who heard him speak, who believed him and followed him. They weren't all disciples, but there were many that followed him. One place in the word says even some of the priests believed him. <laughs> Why not? He's the word of God. He is the word. So therefore, we have this great opportunity to look into the future. That's a real blessing. It really is. And as John said, as he wrote in that first chapter, in the first verse, that he's going to write that which must shortly come to pass. I know they believe that. Even the writers of the New Testament believed in the Lord coming back. His disciples had some questions about it, but the ones that really got a hold of the truth, they believed he was coming back. And I believe they thought he, they, he would see, they would see him come back. They would be there. Well, this is over 2,000 years later, but our faith hasn't diminished because we're the church. We're the ones that came and heard those that came before us responsible for the truth, and they broke that truth to us. It wasn't compromised. Nothing was taken out of the Word of God. Nothing was added to it. They believed the Word of God as it is, and when we came along, that's what we had, those that preached the truth. That's why we're here today, and we're here today as the church. There are many out there that talk about the coming back of the Lord, but they don't live the lives that are going to be ready when he comes. Talk is cheap, and it's easy. We have something that has grounded us. 
we're the church. This is all about the Lord. It's all about the marriage supper. And it's all about a tremendous homecoming, folks. We're going home. (laughs) We know not when. Could be today. But we know that one thing, and we have that in our hearts, and it's settled. We're going home because we're the church. Glory to God. Christ's church loved us, gave himself for us, and then said that church should be holy and without blemish. You say that's a tall order, not for the church. Our love to him is so great that we would do anything for him. Amen? We would. But that church is going to be holy and without blemish. We don't hear much more in these days about holiness. Many years back, you'd hear now and then. Some of the churches would speak it now and then or have it on a, on a outside thing. It would show what they, their name and everything and holiness unto the Lord. But that's a rare thing today. Especially the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, no, that was for them in the beginning to start the church. That's not what the Bible says. We know what the Bible says. And the Lord backs it up. When we believe it and ask for it, he delivers it. Glory to God. Sometimes I wonder if we really know all that we have available. It's just something tremendous. But this today is for those that have bought the truth and sold it not. Are we there today? It's not a money price for the truth, of course not. There have been those that wanted to barter it on the markets and those in those days that wanted to make make off of it. But we've bought the truth. We've bought it with our lives. We've bought it with giving to the Lord, serving Him, doing whatever He wants us to do. Being willing. I always tell our precious young people up in Chehalis, just be willing. Just be willing. The Lord knows you are. Same for our young people here if they were here. But they're having a good time. Yes, we bought the truth and sold it not. And we have made ourselves ready for the Lord's return. Yes, we have. We're standing tall for the Lord. We have in us what he has to give us. We've asked and we've received. We have prayed and he has answered. He does that for his church. But the thing is most important to us is that we must keep that course. We must keep it. We are in the time of the falling away for sure. Oh, absolutely. We are. Church is dwindling today. Dwindling. Boy, I love what I see here this morning. (laughs) Thank the Lord, huh? That's what the truth does for us. Brings us back. We're hungry. Glory to God. Well, thank God for those that did come before us. So careful to pass on this beautiful truth. And that we today have that privilege to those behind us, our young people. I'd love to see them stand for the truth and not be moved by those outside of us. 
not even give an ear. It's just this thing is so precious. I'm going to turn back to 1 Thessalonians and read Paul here in the fifth chapter, writing to Thessalonians. This is all about readiness, which is everything. Those who are going to go up with the Lord have to be ready. If they're not ready, they're not going. I've heard it said that even after the church is gone, there's going to be great revivals in the land. How? When the church is gone, the Spirit goes with the church. We are gone, and the Spirit of God is gone. We are all up above at that chapter 19. How are they going to have great revivals when there's no spirit here? I wouldn't want to be in this place. Can you imagine the evil? We think what's evil now, and it is to us. Can you imagine the evil when the church is gone? The only thing hindering the evil is the spirit. When the spirit opens, it's going to be wide open. That's a hard fact to take. But if I was unsaved today and I heard just that exact thing, I would want to get right with the Lord. It's that time. He says here in the fifth chapter, he was speaking to those that he had just told. And, and what, a, what, a, what a writing here of the exact uh, uh, thing of what the, the Lord's coming, what Paul made to these people. Word for word. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. I say amen to that. They deserve it. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to gather with them, <laughs> together with them in the clouds. I've thought about that before. I've always thought about that in the clouds. May not be that far to start with if it's in the clouds. But thank God we have a wonderful way here to do this, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. They heard him say that. So then sometime between then and when he talked here in the fifth chapter, I'll read this. He says, but of the time and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. There might have been some conversations going on there, uh, just like Jesus heard with his disciples on the signs and how and when and, and what will it be like and all that. But that wasn't what was important right then. What was important right then is that they were ready. He says in the second verse, For yourselves know perfectly. They knew perfectly. They'd heard it from him before. That the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness. Thank the Lord. We were in darkness when we were unsaved. Today we are the light. Thank God. It says, ye are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. But ye are all the children of light. Thank the Lord. And the children of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. There's no such thing as 
being able to sleep spiritually. We have to be wide awake. And this soberness here is not like the world knows. It's responsibility. It's response, being responsible. It's taking this thing serious. We have to. We have to. How can we not be serious and, and watch? He, 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 he gave both of those words here. To watch and also to be ready. How can we not be ready at all times and make it? The thief's coming in a split second. Sure, he's coming. Yeah, he's always coming. But the Lord is coming in a split second. The thief wants to derail us. Get us going somewhere else besides where we are as the church. And he's done that to many. But the Lord's coming for his church. And you talk about a flash of lightning. If you're not right there, you miss it. It's going to come in a hurry. And it's not going to be announced to the world. I had a guy I worked with before. I was talking to him about that. And he, he, he didn't want nothing to do really with the gospel. But but uh, he said, well, okay. He said he was wanted to cut off the conversation. He said, well, okay. He says, I'll tell you what. When I see him come, I'll believe it. Too late. Too late. When he comes, it's over. It's over for the whole world. We have to be ready, folks. Even his true church has to be right on mark, right on the course. Matthew 24, 42, Jesus said this, Watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. And then in verse 44, Therefore be ye also ready. There's those two, watch and ready. They are important. For in such an hour, thinking ye think not the Son of Man cometh, no, in such an hour as, as an okay, you think the Son of Man not cometh, uh, you know what it is. I get a little tongue-tied sometimes, I get excited. And then in Matthew 25.10, we heard that for the scripture lesson. Yes, ten went out, meet the bridegroom. Five were wise, they were ready. Five were foolish, they were not ready. The bridegroom came. And it was in a, in a moment. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. The marriage feast. We are going to be in the marriage supper of the Lamb. <laughs> and the door was shut. I know you can think of somewhere else where the door was shut. Talk about the ark. Those people saw that being built and mocked it. They heard him tell them that they could be safe in the ark. And they mocked him. It says they knew not until the flood came and, came and took them away. It wasn't that they knew not. What that word means is they weren't interested. They weren't interested in what he was doing or what he was saying. And the flood did come and they were gone away. The same is going to be when the Lord comes. They that mock us and jeer at us and everything else are going to still be here. They're not going to get taken away right away by a flood. They're going to be here for a very awful time, a horrible time, like no man has ever seen, the Lord said. 
We want to be ready for that. In Hebrews 9.28, I like to say Paul all the time, the writer. He says, unto them that look for him shall he appear. In James 5.8, I'll take a look at that. I got it here. I'll just tell you what it is. Time's going by. In James 5.8, he says, Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. I wanted to read a little more about that, but I've got it messed up here. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Yes, our hearts need to be where they should be. It's, it's like our treasure. The Bible says where our treasure is, there will our heart be. That's true. What's our treasure today? I've always told the Lord, my treasure is from the day he saved me. I love these meetings, and that's my treasure, and that's where my heart is. I love these gospel meetings because people get what they need. They get saved, sanctified, baptized, healed. You might pray for some of ours up in Shehalis. We need some healings, some physical healings. First Peter 4, 7, and the end of all things is at hand. You see, you see how they all felt, how they fought, even back in these days? The end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober. There's that again. And watch. Sober again, responsible, serious, and watching unto prayer. He says, when these things come to pass, uh, not Peter, but the Bible, when these things come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Just quickly, I'd like to read just a little bit of this. Yes, Jesus could come at any minute, any time. We have signs all around us. We see the world and what's happening. We know what's coming. Second Peter 3.3, 3, he talked about in the last days, there'd be scoffers, mockers. Same as, same, same as what was at the ark. Saying, where's the promise of, the, of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Where's your patience, people? I'm talking to them. And it says in the fifth verse of that, for this they were willingly ignorant. Just like those that were ignorant of what was going on with that ark and his preaching. But this is the comeback, and, and this is important for all of us today. It, it's a comfort. And the reason is he's tarrying. This is the reason. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. We know he's not slack for the promises. This is a promise. This is singular. He is not willing that any should perish. Thank the Lord. How many of us have people that are not saved in our families, our loved ones, our relatives, our neighbors? Think about that. And look what the Lord's doing. He's delaying his coming because these people are not saved yet. Thank the Lord. 
not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the Lord. He knows he's coming. He just doesn't know when. God's the only one that knows. But look what he's doing. He's delaying that thing by just going out, as he's been doing for years and years and hundreds, thousands of years, trying to get people, especially that have heard the truth and are responsible for what they heard. And just do a simple thing. Lord, save me. I repent of my sins. And I believe, I, re, I, I actually repent of my sins. I mean it. It's a simple thing. And the Lord knows when, they, when you mean it. He had to do that for me. I never knew how to pray or anything. I just said, Lord, I, I, I'm, 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 sad. I'm, I'm, I'm just sick of my life. And, and I'm sorry for my life and what it's been and all that. But right during that time, I'll tell you, the greatest peace I ever heard, I ever felt came into me. Right there in Tacoma. I was saved and I didn't, I didn't even know, I didn't, I, I, I just, I didn't know what to do. But it didn't take long. You know, that's, that's our Lord though. He's out there searching for our loved ones that have heard the truth and are still unsaved. Take heart. But church, stay on course. We're going to sing 759. If you're not saved this morning, by all means, do not delay. This thing is going to happen. Just as sure as everything else in God's holy word has happened. This is going to happen. Just a simple prayer will get you right with the Lord. If you're not saved, don't put it off. If you're not saved and you leave here and the Lord comes tomorrow, you are going to be, of all people, just terrified in what you'll see coming. But you can do it today. This, this is a day you can do it. You can make your peace with the Lord. He wants that. Let's come and pray, 759.